Hey, Great Shot Podcast fans. Quick editing note before we begin today's episode. This past weekend, Max Rothman, Daniel Westoff, and I were fortunate enough to get to travel to Cracked Rackets' very own Dalton Thieneman's bachelor party in Las Vegas. Because of that, the episode you're about to hear was recorded on Wednesday, March 27th. Obviously, that was about eight days ago from when you're listening to this. Some of the matches we talked about have been played since then, and our way of making up for that, what we did today, is we made our newest podcast, the Mini Break Podcast episode, a college tennis recap. It is Chris Halliores and myself recapping all of the events since we last recorded, so if you want to hear how those results went, uh, check out that podcast episode. Obviously, as always, rate, subscribe, listen, review this podcast, the Mini Break Podcast, the Cracked Interviews Podcast, and our other new podcast, the What the Deuce Podcast, Christian Harris and Friends having a lot of fun. They've had some cool guests so far. Petros Risokos, Trent Bride, I think Meg Kowalowski. I'm, I'm losing track because we have so many cool podcasts nowadays on Cracked Rackets. If you've missed any of those, go check out our website as well, CrackedRackets.com. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you know the deal by now. Uh, but we think this episode still holds up well, so we're going to release it. It is Chris and I talking about our title contenders. You know, it's been more than half of the season thus far. So we think we can start to come to some conclusions, start writing off some teams as well as talking up some of the others you may not have expected, some of the others who struggled at the beginning of the year but are now really rounding into form. So listen to that episode. Again, if you want to hear about more current results, listen to uh, Thursday's mini break. But all right, with that, enjoy the show. Welcome to, hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast brought to you by Cracked Rackets. My name is Alex Gruskin. We have been doing so many things on the Cracked Rackets front that it's it's really getting hard to keep track, especially on the podcast front, if you guys haven't heard yet. We started two new podcasts recently, the What the Deuce podcast, that's Christian Harris and his friends talking about some of the raunchier topics in tennis, some of the funny comparisons, just things you'd rather do, who you'd rather play, what strokes you take out of the games, fun things like that. They've had a ton of fun guests, Petros Risokos. Uh, I am forgetting because they've had so many fun ones, so go check that out. Also, if you need that daily fix of tennis, you want on your commute to work to know what happened in the tennis world recently, you know, as recent as yesterday, listen to our newest podcast, The Mini Break. Myself, Max Rothman, Jamie McDonald, Matt Stokowiak, a fun host of friends. We've had a lot of great contributors contributing Monday through Friday. Uh, we have a podcast out for you this week. We're focusing on Miami and the Easter Bowl, so if you need your fix of that sort of tennis, go listen listen to those podcasts. Always check out our Cracked Interviews podcast. Recently, we've had so many fun guests. Luca Corintelli, you know, Ty Tucker, college professional, juniors we recently interviewed, uh, Tyra Black, and Savannah Brodis, uh, who are competing at the Easter Bowl this week, so go listen to those. Those are fun. Uh, but yeah, we, we didn't want to forget about the Great Shot podcast. We know we still have a ton of fun topics to talk about. We haven't been able to squeeze them into the mini break, but we have been covering them on our on our website, CrackedRackets.com. So hopefully some of you are up to date. But to help me catch up with all things in the men's college tennis world, he is a returning member of the Great Shot podcast community, uh, the founder of the College Tennis Ranks website. You can find him on Twitter at College Tennis Ranks. And my favorite guest, or sorry, not my favorite favorite guest, my mother's favorite guest, and believe me, that is high honor because she's probably the only person who listens to every episode, Chris Halioris. Hey, 
Great shot, and welcome back to the podcast. Her exact explanation was, he just makes you seem so much smarter. Like, he knows exactly what he's talking about, and so it's just a great listen. And I was like, yep, I, I agree. That's why I bring him on. <laughs> I mean... So, my counterpoint to, I guess, my mama, though, it <laughs> should be Alex, you're a very smart boy. Actually, she got mad at me when I did the accent last time, so I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not going to do it this time. Uh, but she would say that someone who has a website with their own formula, you know, determining rankings, that's very, very accurate, probably a little more impressive than anything I've done. So, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on. But the flattery stops there. I'm going to be ripping on your Mississippi State Bulldogs, so I had to make you feel good before we got to that point. All right, well then, what we're going to do today, something a little bit different than we've done on some of these other college tennis recaps. Obviously, when there's big events like the National Indoors, that's all we talk about. But a lot of the times we go through the rankings, kind of, or, you know, we come up with our own rankings at the end. We'll do that now. But we kind of blow through conference to conference, team to team. I want to do something a little different. Since we're about two-thirds of the way through the season, we've had a large enough sample size of matches that we can start coming to some conclusions. And I want to start out with this topic, and we'll kind of weave in what these teams have looked like, obviously, when we're making our cases for why we think this. But the question I want us to examine, how many teams at this point of the year do we really think are national title contenders come the spring championships in May. And we have seen so many uh, matches. We've seen injuries. We've seen lineup changes. We've seen stars going to play on the pros and missing matches and how that affects their teams. A lot of variables are starting to become clearer to us so we can kind of factor them into our approximations. But Chris, does that sound good to you? You want to just kind of roll through some teams? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, then, I, I guess... The, the question I should have started with, do, do you think it's fair at this point? We've seen enough tennis. Things are starting to become clearer, right? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, well, I guess. Is it that clear? No no follow-up? I, I would say... I, I, I mean, I think there, there are still... There, there are teams that, you know, we're going to go through this here. And there's, there are teams that are going to be in the, the questionable category that, yes, I could maybe make a case for them, but to think that they would make it all the way to the finals and still win eh, very very difficult and then you, you kind of think okay maybe you know a, a quarterfinal run possibly semis is is the best they're going to do and and we've started to where our when you know when we were at indoors i said hey other other than tulane at indoors 15 teams yeah i could have made a case that anybody could have won three matches and got to the finals there uh i've there's some teams now that i think we can say well it's not going to be them it's not going to be them and we're down to a smaller number. So then we are going to call our opening category in honor of that the it's not going to be them, it's not going to be them. Could they make a run? Eh, semifinals? Eh, in honor of that description category. Teams, I I like, I, I don't want to completely write them off, but I'm almost ready to write them off. These were also teams that came into the year uh, with more hype and I think have kind of dropped off. The first team I want to talk about, and we can loop in your Mississippi State Bulldogs here, I'm kind of over Georgia. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, it's just the talent is there. The doubles, I don't know what's going on with them. Obviously, they had Mississippi State, but you got to see these guys. I, 
if they made the quarterfinals, would it shock you? Um, probably. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot more going on there than just the tennis. So, I mean, they've they, they've got issues in, in that department. In, you know, the off court department. Um, I I'm a little concerned. So, you know, for 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 the people that don't know, they I mean, they had they had Mississippi state beat, right. They're two points from winning the match. And it's not like two points from winning the match. And, you know, and it was a five, four, you know, 40, 15 type thing or 40, 30 type thing. This was, this was a three all, well, it was actually, they were up three, two at the time, five, two, 30 love. And Philip Henning goes down with an injury. I mean, you know, he, he, he had, he had was two points serving, from winning the match and he goes down. So, I mean, they kind of, they had that match won, but he, he also two matches earlier had retired from a match. And I think he came up, came in a little banged up. They're only six. I mean, they're six deep period. So if they, I, I don't know what Henning's status is, um, but considering he was banged up, got hurt here. I mean, one guy out, they're already, you know, having their troubles, one guy down and, and, there's no chance and, and i think they're a good team with those six but they're still not a hey we're gonna win a national championship team you just look at the top four talent though and just the depth i mean every player is competitive they're gonna take a lot of matches where you know three four five singles matches go three sets but yeah the they just haven't put together one really outstanding cohesive match i guess that mississippi state was a really good match but yeah you see for them how small that margin of error is uh we can move on real quick because we haven't even gotten to our national title contenders there are three more teams in this category i want to mention notre dame they come off a tough loss i believe to miami i know they didn't have ledbedev but still i just you know the way they performed at the indoors i thought given the seniors on this lineup the depth axel neve uh popping into the lineup that maybe there was something spicy there but i i think i'm done with them no for sure i mean well they're they're missing both lebedev and simara right now right they're they're their top two have been out they didn't play against miami they didn't play against florida state they didn't play against nc state they are due back they're both hurt they're due back sometime this year you know before conference tourney but but like you said even even with them at indoors they go oh and three they're they're not winning the national championship I agree with you. We can move on. Illinois, a team that I like, but I just don't know if they have enough chops three through six to match up with the Ohio States, the Floridas, the Wake Forest, especially outdoors. No chance. Yeah, so we'd write them off. And I believe they lost. Where where did they go? They went to Texas and they lost? No, no, no. I'm, I'm well, they, they lost. They lost They lost 6-1 to Florida, Florida to here Florida. recently. That's what yeah. it was. And credit to, by the way, PlaySite, which has really stepped up its game, especially for the Florida matches. I've been able to watch way too much Florida tennis recently, and we'll get into them, I promise. But they are upping their game. Uh, another team I'll throw in this category, Columbia. I, I, I really like Columbia, but you know, I know they took two tough losses as well recently. I believe maybe it was them who went to Texas. Am I? Yeah, they yeah, went to Texas. Yeah, they, they went to Texas. Yep. And, and Lost 6-1, up. I think. And then didn't they play TCU? Uh, yes, yeah, they played both Texas and TCU. Got, and got so beat they, by both. 
And yep. so I love this Columbia team. Tim Wang, friend of mine. They're going to be an exciting team. If they make a quarterfinal, that's why I put this in this ca- them in this category. It wouldn't shock me, right? They could beat a, you know, a North Carolina on a bad day or a Stanford on a bad day. This Columbia team can, or even TCU, this team can compete with everyone. It's just I don't see them having enough to string three of those together. Exactly. Yeah. Any, on any given day, they can win a match, but they're not going to win all the way, you know, all the way through. Exactly. Well, then let's get into our next category. These are the teams I'm going to qualify as maybe one man short, maybe, you know, after a drink or two. And I'm 23 now, so that's okay. Um, And I'll be in Vegas for my second weekend. So believe me, after drinks number 12, 13, 14, this is what I'll be talking about with Dalton on the bachelor party is national title contenders. Maybe do you think Vegas has odds on that? Um, I seriously doubt it. That would be that would be awesome to know if you could find odds on uh, college tennis uh, national championship contenders. Look, college tennis is corrupt enough right now as is, so maybe yeah. we'll leave that aside. For I'm just kidding, ITA. That was a joke. Please don't ban me. Ban Chris. He brings it out in me. Um, no, but this is the next category of teams. Teams that, again, they're just one man short. They're not the top contenders. Uh, the team we'll start with, North Carolina. You know, they have a couple concerning losses since the national indoors. They lose today, obviously, to Wake Forest 5-2. That's after winning the doubles point, though that's not that concerning. They also lost uh, 4-2 to Wake at the team indoors. But they lose a rough 4-3 match at Georgia Tech, and it's just... Again, they haven't put together a one through six cohesive performance yet, and it's just concerning. Yeah, I'm not. I, I I don't even know where to begin to evaluate that Georgia Tech loss. I mean, that's you know, and I think I had tweeted like, you know, UTRs of the corresponding guys like bottom of you know all the way through the lineup. Really, I, there's there's just no comparison, and how how they lose four points in in that is is just beyond me uh so so yeah for for sure given that and the fact that yeah they're they they're not even they're not getting close to wake they 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 appear to be you know on the outside looking in here like yeah they for sure have the talent to make it there but they don't look like they can get over the hump Here's the thing. They comfortably beat Oklahoma. They comfortably beat what is a good Miami team, you know, with matchups against Florida State and NC State coming up this week. They'll have more opportunities to test themselves at home. That obviously helps as well. But this is, again, the category of can they make the finals? And a team with Will Blumberg, a team with a senior like Bo Boyden at five, and he loses uh, in that Georgia Tech 4-3 clincher, obviously shocking. You can't write them off yet. That's why they're in this category. But uh, you win the doubles point today against Wake Forest. And I know it's at Wake Forest, but for them, I, you know, Blumberg wins the first set but loses in three. Botzer loses the first set but wins in three. Uh, I think Petros wins in straights, but you kind of expect that. It's just, it's tough. Yeah, I don't, I mean, they, for, I just, I've kind of lost the faith in, in in them at this point. Maybe they can turn it around. Although I'll, I'm not sure that Blumberg's really gotten all the way back yet, right? I mean, mm-hmm. for them, for them to be, for you to think, hey, they're national championship contenders. You, I feel like you have to feel like going in, Blumberg's gonna, he's gonna win the, he's gonna basically win the doubles point for you, and he's going to win his singles match. And right now, you don't have that feeling going into their matches. Yeah. 
completely agree with you. Well, we can move on to our next team. Um, I would say Stanford, they haven't exactly played the meat of their schedule yet. You know, no USC, no UCLA, at least in the conference schedule, right? I, I'm not overlooking anything. No, that, yeah, that's accurate. So I'd, until they play those two matches, and I want to see what happens there, I still say I don't know if they have the talent one through six to get the job done, especially doubles point-wise. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. They, I mean, they, they can show, they have time to show it. They haven't, I don't think, done anything to make us say, mm, no, they're not, but they haven't done anything that jumps out at us to say, yeah, they're, def- they're definitely there. Yeah, I mean, I love Geller at one. He's so talented. Ross started at two. He played really well at the indoors. I was really impressed with this game. Big kid for a freshman. Really can hit the ball. Um, yeah, again, to be determined, we can move on because until we see them really play the big boys, we don't know. Would you put UCLA in this category? Oh, absolutely. There's, I, I don't see any way that UCLA uh, can, with, I mean, given the fact they lost Hans early in the year, uh, I I don't know how they, they make it. There's there's no way they make it with, with what they've got. I mean, they can make, they can get hot and make a run, but I mean, for them to win, they have to be really, really good up top. And to do that all the way through against the teams you're going to get in the last couple rounds, it's highly unlikely. Would you see them in the quarterfinals? Uh, I, I think that's possible. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely possible, especially if you get a, for, for them, get a, well, I guess quarterfinals means you've got to get you've got to win before you get to uh, before you get to Orlando. So I'm thinking, you know, you get a you get a nice rain site and go indoors. And you really got to like you got to really like Cressy and Keegan Smith playing indoors, right? But mm-hmm. uh, un- unlikely to happen where they're at. Maybe so. It's it's possible they're they're definitely going to have to beat uh, a top eight seed uh, at their place to 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 get to the quarterfinals in Orlando because they're not going, they're not, unless they just get some, some great run in the PAC 12 season and beat everybody. They're not going to be a top eight team. So they have to go on the road for that third round match. Yeah. I think we can leave that one there. Another team I have in this category, Texas A&M. I mean, you can't talk about, uh, you know, the recent tennis results without talking about this team. They beat Ohio State. Obviously, they play Ohio State without Jay Wolf, but still a huge win. Get a good win over LSU, a good 4-3 win over Oklahoma. Uh, They're going to have their shots still at Florida. They're going to have their shot at Mississippi, uh, a home against Mississippi State. You know, they don't have the flash guy at number one. They don't have a Wolf, a Gojo, a Blumberg. Um, even a Cressy uh, or even a Geller, but the the depth on this team sneaky good. Oh, very good. So the top three are interchangeable. They can play those guys in any order they want. Uh, so they're they're solid up top. Now, you have against your top top teams, your your number one guy. You got to figure should take them at one, but but two and three they're going to be right there. Barney Smith at four has had a, has played great this year. And then the big X factor for them is just what do they get? Five and six, they're playing two freshmen. And what do they get so far? They've gotten really good uh, from those guys. You know, it kind of started uh, when Marcone beat Walker Duncan uh, at home again in the Georgia match. And they've, they've kind of, they've gotten on a roll and, and 
and they haven't lost. Uh, and th- like you said, this weekend will be a big weekend. That's that's a tough stretch to make. They've got to go at they go to South Carolina and then to Gainesville. Uh, South Carolina is a very good team at home, but they're playing five freshmen uh, in their lineup. It's tough, but they're a top twenty team now. Um, but that'll be a good test to kind of get them going. And then they got to go to Gainesville and play Florida. That'll, that'll be the bi- a big match, a very advantageous schedule for Florida coming down the stretch with that being their biggest match left at home. Uh, I mean, they, they get by that and they, they should run the table. Since this team lost to Virginia, Texas tech and Notre Dame, three matches in a row, they've beaten Arizona state. They've went to Alabama who was top 20 at the time, beat them four three, as you mentioned, beat Georgia four, three beat number 25, Tennessee six, one. Yeah. This team is doing the things you have to do to prove, okay, I should host a regional. I'm a top 16 team. And then, yeah, if you can get to that round of 16 round, anything can sort of happen. Um, but they have a ton of talent. As you mentioned, they're still young. These young kids are going to get better and better the more no-ad experience they get, the more they experience the thrills of a deuce point. You know, this this Texas A&M team, no continuity uh, relative to, you know, the Wake Forest, the Ohio State. So they're one to watch. As you mentioned, they'll be tested. But let's move on to our next team. I was trying to hold this one off for a little bit, but I'm going to let you take the mic here. Mississippi State. They've fallen out of tier one for me. They are now a tier two team. Thoughts? Oh my gosh, they were like your preseason team. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm <laughs> my bulldogs. Yeah, I'm just trying to light the fire. Oh no, well, you know, I've been there all year, right? I, I think you know, they're from a team perspective, they're gonna have, they've got a better team dynamic than just you know, than probably any other team out there. They're the four, the core four guys have been there together all four years. Uh, it's, you know, they play as a team together, but, uh, you know, they're, 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 they've been struggling here, uh, recently and when, you know, you know, struggling for them is, you know, is diff maybe different than it is for others. They've just had, you know, a couple positions where they've been struggling to pick up wins, but the team has been able to pick it up and still win the matches anyway. Uh, so it, it, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they play down the stretch. But yeah, I mean, I'd say, you know, again, if you're the Vegas bookmaker uh, on this one, you've you've got to put them on uh, in in that bucket of yeah they can make a run, but they're going to have a hard time getting all the way. After they got that doubles point against Florida, what was going through your head? Um, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> it, it it it's pretty much the same story in in my head every week, and that is the best way to win is we got we. We got to try to get doubles, one, two, and then something else. I mean, there's lots of other ways to get it, right? But, but I'm thinking, especially with Florida, you get doubles. You just, I mean, Nuno, you 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 almost take for granted. Uh, he's won 17 matches in a row now, but uh, you're you're looking to get that. I liked actually the matchup of Gio versus Andrade. Didn't work out. Uh, but but that was that was one I liked, and then you're thinking, hey, you know, f- find another one and the and a good shot. Uh, with you had Nick versus Engelson, that's that's a good match, uh, and then you know, flow on six. I think with whoever they throw out there was probably a, a decent shot, uh, and he had already beaten Vale uh, before. So I mean, th- I that's it, that's actually a team that I don't think is you know. 
the the matchup for us is actually not that bad against them. I mean, I like I like our chances of take. You know, hope, hopefully we get to see them again in the conference tournament and take another shot. But unfortunately, the conference tournament's also at Gainesville, um, so I'd like to get a I'd like to get a shot at them somewhere other than Gainesville. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean I, I think it's a I mean Florida's just crazy talented, but they there's they're uh, they're still beatable. So West stuff, if you could, I need a quick rewind sound effect. I, I should have clarified at the beginning the difference between you know these three tiers. The first tiers, the recipe for them to win, very very unclear. So we're not even going to hypothesize these next tier. You know, just below tiers, you can sort of craft an outline for what you're going to see. So as you mentioned with Mississippi State, doubles for them. They're they're always locked in for doubles. There's always a good chance when you have two what top ten ranked teams, you can win the doubles point, and that's so crucial. Then the hint that Nuno they, they compete obviously so well in a bunch of places so as i mentioned getting to four points is not unreasonable you look at some of the other teams we mentioned just real quick and correct me if i'm wrong for unc you know doubles blumberg boy uh bo boyden and something right like that's what you see if you're clear uh charting a path for the best version for the best version, yeah, except they're you know it, they're not even getting any of that. So well, yeah, you know. but I'm saying you can see it. I don't know, maybe I just have preconceived notions. You know, I'm just so caught up in it. Yeah, they're, I, that, they're the team that's just they're not even. I mean, they're losing at all the spots that I think they ought to be winning. So I have a hard time getting there. But yeah, that's what I think. That's what you. That's what you're thinking going in is where you, where we have our best shots, right? Yeah, and then for Stanford, you know, Geller. Rostart, Kumar at four or five, wherever he ends up playing. There's there's pathways for them to see two or three points, so that's why they compete. For UCLA, you know, as you mentioned, indoors, Cressy, Smith, Nanda at three is very, very, very good. Uh, once their doubles kind of settles in, who knows? There's you know, that, that's the there's a path for them, sort of still, right? Yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, I mean but for them, it's definitely it's heavily weighted at the top of the lineup for them. Yeah, of course, and that's why again tier two. But A and M, they just compete everywhere. It's unfair to say there's specific spots, but as you mentioned, just everywhere. So their recipe's unclear. And yeah, I, I don't know. Any other final thoughts on the Mississippi State? No, I mean I think uh, you know obviously that's that's where I, where I'll where my my loyalties lie, and I, and I think they're they'll still be there by by the time we get to uh, by the time we get to May, uh, we got a little season left to go and. And uh, they're just getting, you know, the, all the good tests they get now will, will make them better. And they're still managing to somehow come out on top. So, Yeah, and I should say I have uh, four teams in my, man, eh, not really, sort of quarterfinal, maybe, uh, bracket. I have seven teams in this Tier 2, five teams in my Tier 1. The two others in this section, uh, I'm sorry to mention them, my Virginia Cavaliers, Again, the recipe, really? you, you sort of see it. Nakashima, Weirsholm at two doubles. That's a potential win always. Woodall, Lord, they don't know exactly what they want to do with Soderlund at one. And then at three, you know, Leeson, Ross, uh, Goat, all still kind of figuring it out. That's why I have them tier two. Until you have, you know, that solid doubles point, it, it's always hard to project against these really good teams. They can compete, obviously, in the top four with anyone when you've got Sotil and Nakashima, who's rounding into form so well. I got to watch his live stream against Gojo, and even though he lost, just the firepower he has outdoors, it, it's just so impressive. Um, 
who else I mentioned? Wearsholm, you know what I think about him. Uh, yeah. Ross, if he ever starts playing well, look out for this team. But it's just it, – it's not quite tier one because five and six, you never know, especially – I mean, I guess Wake Forest, but they're an exception. But some of these other teams, the Floridas, the Ohio States, the Texases. It's just tough. Yeah, I'm wait, I, I'm, I'm, if, you took, if you took your Cavaliers out and you still have five in your top, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm dying to see who number five is because the top four are a given. But I don't uh, uh... No, I, look, you'll you'll see this kind of gets us into our top five rankings as well. But my last tier two team, and, and a lot of these tier two teams are in, interchangeable. The order I went in doesn't necessarily necessarily. Sorry, has I've to been, be this has to be TCU, right? Yeah, of course, TCU. Just okay. I, I love their results, and you look at what they've been doing recently. You know, they beat Arizona State in a close four three, but still good win for them. They beat you know Arizona State starting to really improve. They beat Columbia 4-1, Tennessee 4-0, Illinois 4-0. Uh, they escape against Tulane 4-3. But still, I-, I can't fault this team. They're so strong, you know, 1-6, through six, really. I- I- what Jong has done, what Famba has done, Rybakov playing such such good tennis this year. Uh, I mean, they're it's an impressive lineup. It is, Edna. And I, so they, the, the fun thing here is we get, we finally get, the start of the big six season uh right this this <laughs> this, this weekend uh they, they finally get going so we've got some you know they're all huge matches at at this point right but uh i saw the lineups that came out and you know it's 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 one of those things that you know you it doesn't really matter what you list at six because you can pull and play anybody you want but they've got young they've got sandra young listed at eight uh and he's been playing uh, six. They've actually got rolled on at six, and Martine at seven, and Young at eight. I can't. I don't think that's what they'll actually play. But, but yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think they're just they're they're just short. Uh, and I put them in that same group, kind of, ju- you know, good good shot at making a quarterfinal run. But it's going to be tough to get much, you know, beyond that. Stalder at three, you know how affectionate I see. At this point, I'm just repeating takes, but I like his chances just because of how crafty his game is, and he really is a, a big competitor. You can see, you know, he's a big time player. Uh, he has experience. Kruger was playing so well earlier in the year. Uh, you gotta like his chances at four as well. Alistair Gray, you know, when he's matching up with the Nick McNallys, the Petruses, the Andrades. That's when you start to wonder, or the, the Itos, I should mention in there as well. But, yeah, if this team makes the semifinals, it would not shock me at all. That's why they are towards the upper end. Same with Virginia, and same with Mississippi State. I, again, it's not in an exact order, but sort of a little bit. And so, so are you telling me that team. was your last, that was the last of your uh, teams, and you're ready to move to the top five now? I am. What do you but, think about my list? I, I imagine well, I'm, thinking the one... there's, I'm thinking there's six teams left, and you're telling me only five of them are there. So one of these teams didn't make any of your other lists yet. So I don't All know right. where that puts them. I will look to see if I didn't include someone. But if you're asking me about Michigan, yes, no. they're still in my tier one, of course. No, I'm always number no. one in my heart. So clearly I know four of the five, and you're leaving either 
USC or Baylor out altogether. Nope, you're right. There are six teams in my tier uh, one. Thank you very okay. much. And the first team we will talk about, it was leaving you for this segue, USC. After they beat Texas, given what we thought coming into the year with their talent, with their experience, when they're starting to finally figure out, do we want to play Logan Smith? Do we not want to play Logan Smith? Do we want to play Tanner Smith in doubles? So many Smiths. What do we do? And they finally <laughs> have, you know, they've sort of figured it out. Yeah, I feel like that we know. I, I've, for a while now, I've been thinking I just want to nickname them the Smith Family Robinson, right? <laughs> no, the, the S in USC is Smith. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's a little hard for me to, to figure out whether I think that, uh, you know, a team with that much talent sooner or later has to win a big match, right? I mean, it's inevitable. You can't have that much talent and always lose. So it was was the was the win over Texas a hey we're turning the corner and we're starting to figure things out and we're going to get on a roll or was it more hey we got to win one sooner or later right because that was you know they hadn't been they hadn't done it up to there they lost a, they lost a Baylor uh, right before that out at uh, uh, whatever Indian Wells that, yeah. Indian Wells yeah whatever the name of that uh, that, that tournament was right. Um, so, you know, I don't, I'd like to think just because I had them as my, as my preseason team that, yeah, they're finally, you know, they're figuring it out. They figure, Hey, Logan Smith is in the singles lineup for sure. And I think that's, I mean, I, I, I feel like that's kind of a done deal at this point. Hopefully now he'll, he'll be in there and he's there to stay. They still are playing around with who's, you know, who's going to be playing five and six. Riley Smith has been staying there. Uh, and and maybe maybe he will uh, he will stay. I think you know they obviously have the talent, they have the depth, uh, and it was I I think it's just it's taken longer to get there. But it's exactly like we said before the years by hey by the time they get to the end of the season, Peter Smith's going to have a pretty good idea of who he needs to put in there, and it'll be the guys that are in good form, and they'll be tough to deal with come tournament time. Well, here's the things he knows. Brandon Holt and Riley Smith are playing one doubles. Brandon Holt, who beats Johannes Schroeder in Indian Wells, who beats uh, Christian Siskard in Austin, he's playing one singles. That's a lot. Now, you probably have Cookerman at two, even though he lost both matches against Baylor and against um, Texas. But still, when he's playing around at the bottoms between Verboden, Jade, Smith, Bullis, Sands, there's still a lot of options, and credit to Coach Smith for playing around with this lineup. You know, the changes he makes in between Texas and Baylor. He plays Logan Smith at four, even though Smith loses. That pushes Riley to five, Bullis to six, and they get wins there. Uh, no Jade in the lineup yet. That's crazy, but you do have Jade and Verboven playing two doubles now, and they get wins over Texas, um, and I believe a win over Baylor as well. Um, nope, unfinished, but still, my point being, he's playing around, and there's too much talent there to not say they are a hundred percent a contender to win the national title. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, yeah, I, you know, I can't figure the, the Jade thing out. I mean, he, I, he seems to be the one guy that gets, what that, do you mean? Logan Smith gets, too. How is Jade the issue? Well, I mean, he's just the one guy I think that has been routinely been, yeah, Logan Smith as well, but Jade, you know, going all the way back to, I just felt like it indoors, you know, he would list him at, four or wherever he was on the card and just 
pull him every time, right? I mean, uh, it was almost almost like a tie, <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what to make of it. And he's obviously still playing between Sands and Bullis and Riley Smith at four or five, depending on whether it's, you know somebody else is in there. But uh, but yeah, they, he's got so many choices that it's I I think it's gonna you know it's gonna be the case that some guys are gonna and with that many guys, someone's gonna be in good form and they'll be ready to make a run come come tournament time. Yeah, and you know the the team they matched up against the next team I want to talk about Baylor. Uh, they're starting to look good as well. They're a team with so much talent. But since the indoors, they've beaten Tulsa five two, Illinois four zero, Arkansas six one, Cal four zero, uh, Arizona State five two, and then as we mentioned that USC match. Now they have two huge matches this weekend against number nine TCU at home and at number four Texas. I'm sure you'll be following those. So follow Chris for the live tweets. I, as I mentioned, I'm going to keep mentioning it. We'll be trying to stay alive and placing bets in Vegas on the college tennis and not the college basketball. Although, don't discriminate against college tennis. Let me bet on both. I bet I do better college tennis wise. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I should. With, with some of those crazy takes, I'm not so sure. So, I actually did a four team favorite parlay on the money lines on NCAA stuff, and I won, and it was such a thrill. But I don't want to talk about my gambling problems. Um, let's talk about this Baylor team because it's a gamble to say, you know, their lineup is settled. We still have no idea what they're doing, and perhaps this weekend we'll be revealing. But as I mentioned, Shredder at one, Soto at two. That's not how they started the year. La La at five. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's just not crazy. what they're playing. It's not what they're playing this weekend either. Uh, uh, if you had to guess, what's their lineup this weekend? Uh, I can tell. Uh, so, so let's talk, and, and I'll and I'll pull it up as I uh, as I talk. Because well, La and Bendick are playing one doubles. They're a top team in the country. You have to imagine Shredder and Fronson at three. I mean, but uh, I don't know. I, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it right. Is. That's so it. What, so what they've got in is yeah, that, that's what they've got for doubles, and they've got Soto and Little at two. But now, now come the changes. So in singles, Soto's playing one, Shredder's playing two. And then they also swapped three and four. So Boyton up to three and Little at four. Now, Boyton, I don't, I'm not sure if you got to see any of that. That, that kid hits the cover off the ball. Uh, uh, I'm, I got to see, obviously, a good, a good bit of him uh, at indoors because he was playing five uh, against Trevor. But that kid, uh, he's, he was very impressive. Five to uh, three and, makes sense in your mind? He's a freshman? Yes, Okay, yep. I can see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he. Uh, yeah. The way he's now, and he's. I mean, he's he's better suited for indoors. I haven't seen him play outdoors, but he's still been playing very, very good. So it passes. Um, it passes the Alex Sniff test for if it's a stack or not. Yeah. No. I think. I think he's. I mean, he's he's been he's been winning. He's two and zero at three, four and one at four, two and one at five. Uh, so so that's a that's good. And then. Uh, you know, and then they've got obviously Will Little, Sven Laws playing five, and then you know it's a crapshoot. They can play whoever they want at six. They've submitted Segura six, France and seven, Bendek eight. Um, they've been playing Bendek at six recently, so <clears throat> who knows who actually comes in and plays uh, plays six? But you know, the so the interesting thing with Baylor, it's still a you know we all we're all still sitting there wondering in the back of our mind. So a is Roy Smith ever coming back healthy b is benitez ever getting eligible and i think i've i've 
I'm about to the point where I'm writing that off. I mean, if, if you haven't done it by now, what, what in the world? Now, nothing would ever surprise me with the NCAA, but what in the world would make the NCAA when we're, you know, a month away from the end of the season go, hey, let's let's make this kid eligible now so he can play for a month. I mean, that just that does make any sense to me. So I've kind of written that one off. Uh, but that's the variable, right? It's if oh, it's, Smith comes back, if Benitez comes back, if this team is in its finest form, we we still haven't seen its best, and this team is what eighteen and two, something crazy. Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, they they look phenomenal without those guys. So uh, so yeah, if Smith comes back, uh, I'm kind of I'm in the camp where I just. I'm, I'm saying Benitez is I'm not even really entertaining that thought but if Smith comes back pushes everybody down a spot uh, they they start to look crazy crazy good but I mean Shredder's been holding his own at one and you know honestly shouldn't uh, I mean when they play top teams he should get kind of pushed around up, up at the top but he's been he's been playing great so yeah I think these guys uh, you know that's the wild card is whether Smith comes back and even if he doesn't they can still play with anybody. All right. Well, the, I agree with you. We can move. They're getting tested this weekend, so we'll talk about them again soon. Let's move on to our next team. Keep it in the Big Twelve or Big Six, as you called it. Texas. They're the fourth team. I want. They're number four in this category for me. Yeah, and if it wasn't for the fact that they, you know, had they just lost that match to USC, we'd be, you know, we'd all be talking about are they number one, right? Yeah. Uh, there's they they were they looked that good uh, well, right you up. talk about the things they've done they beat georgia 4-2 beat a really good nc state team i think they're top 15 now 6-0 4-1 over a jj wolfless ohio state 6-1 over columbia that's a good resume oh yeah absolutely i mean these guys they were you know we we talked about them at the beginning of the years having they have the talent uh they're they're stringing it they're stringing it together and you know other than just this, a little blip there now against uh, uh against southern cal we'll see what they do once we start the start the big 12 uh the big 12 slash big six season but i i really i really like their chances i think they you know i think they win the big 12 and they you know they they're a lock you know unless they fall apart there with the chances they're going to have they're a lock to be a top eight uh and hosting you know through to get to orlando well i already mentioned they're playing baylor uh they'll go to at tcu a week later all three of those teams are phenomenal each one can beat the other on any given day that's i'm just i don't know I wish I saw what Ohio State did to Texas at the indoors, and that left an impression on me. And I haven't had the chance to see these guys play outdoors as much, so maybe this team is even better outdoors. But Siskard at one, I feel like he's not quite the level of a Smith, a Holt, a Gojo, a Crawford, a Wolf. I mean, he's top six, but or what is he ranked right now? Let me look this he's, up. He's number six. Yeah. yeah he or yeah. So I know by ranking, but. I don't know. Yeah, but he lost. Yeah, exactly. He, I mean, he lost the whole four and four. Yeah. Uh, so you you factor that in, but still, this team, it just given what they've gone through, that they've been still so solid. They lose the doubles point against USC, but have been so good at it before then. I mean, Coach Burke has done a great job rallying this team. You have to like the experience of, you know, Ito, Tellis, Scott, Marks. They've all been there before, uh, even though Siskard and Huang are young. They've produced. They're tier one. 
but I, I mean, this is part of it. I fell in love with Ohio State in in in, uh, in Chicago, and what I've seen from Florida. Ugh. So I just have them. I guess these three teams would be my bottom half of tier one. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, then you want to move on to our next one? Sure. In the top three, number three for me. I know they ended up uh, losing to Florida. I believe that score was not. Or no, they lost. Yeah, to Florida. I'm going to say 5-2. Sorry for that delay. It's late. I've been recording a lot of podcasts. But Wake Forest, I I have them number three. I just think you can't write them off when they have Gojo. I think outdoors, they're a much tougher team than indoors. If Stoffelou ends up getting a win today over UNC, he's looked better. You know, Kungu outdoors a little bit better. He's just a wall. Zablinski can be a wall. Obviously, they got revenge over their loss to Virginia earlier in the year, beating them at home 6-1. They beat NC State 4-2, Notre Dame 6-1, UNC 5-2. I mean, you just... With Gojo being capable of winning any match, Hrisokos, obviously a favorite uh, at number two always. Boxers look great at three. Doubles, when Gojo plays, they can figure stuff out. The, the, you cannot write off Wake Forest. They are 100% in that top of the conversation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think you look at it, and, and honestly, uh, you know, rankings are one thing, but who you're going to pick is another. I would say you know you you kind of have to still make ohio state number one because there are two losses were without jj wolf right so uh you, you leave them at one but if you ask me to pick a winner between those two teams outdoors i'm probably gonna take wake um and i think the you know the big question is just so then you're then you gotta sit it and you just look and go but can they beat florida um you know and that's yeah, they're definitely. I mean, they're they're top three for sure, and I, and I would say you know probably even you know I would probably go, go so far as to say it's maybe Florida, Wake, Ohio State. Uh, but you got to leave Ohio State number one until somebody proves otherwise, which won't happen until the tournament. So I want to talk about Florida, and we will kind of use this to transition to them. But you look at that Wake Forest match they played, where Florida beat them five two. Uh, you know, no Gojo in that match. That has to be a factor. Risokos loses that one to Crawford, but given Botzer beat Andrade, you know, you push everyone down. Who knows what happens there? Uh, Botzer being a sophomore, but, you know, 24, 25 years old against Riffis, the, the freshman at three. That's an interesting matchup. You look at the doubles point and what happened there. Wake Forest won it without Gojo with Zablinski Gajev at one doubles, Botzer Frisokos at two. If they can get the doubles point, then you inject Gojo in the lineup. It's a brand new ball game, And so that's why I have them in this top three despite the loss because like, you have to factor that sort of thing in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think they're, you know, like I said, I I think in reality, they're probably top, you know, they're probably two uh, and, and not three. But no, for sure, they're for sure they're top three. So that means you have Florida one, uh, despite the love fest that's about to go on. And I have watched so much Florida over the past. Couple, I watched their match against uh, Mississippi State, against Wake Forest, against Georgia, against Tennessee. I did skip their one against Illinois, but just. This Florida team, I have them behind Ohio State because Ohio State hasn't lost without J.J. Wolf, but I feel like we've talked enough about them, so we, we don't really have to mention Although, they looked great outdoors against Michigan. I mean, they whooped us. So, yeah, they're just when they have J.J., look out. Um, but this Florida team, 
the depth. The singles outdoors. Crawford is a whole new monster outdoors. Rufus, the power translates from indoors to outdoors so well. He moves forward much more comfortably outdoors. I mean, Greif has really settled in in the bottom of the lineup. Obviously, Ingoldson at four is as good as a four singles as you're going to find in the country. Even when they play around with five and six, with Vale, with Kessler, with Perez... Uh, all of the talent that we talked about earlier in the year, it's finally starting to find itself. Riffis, it feels like, hasn't lost in months. Yeah, I mean, it's they're they're just ridiculously good. But I but I, I am with you. I still have Ohio State number one. I mean, I think if you you know, I, there's something. I still think there's something to be said for you. Ha- you have to lose, you know, regardless of how good you look. If you ask me to pick a winner, if the two teams play each other, I take Florida. But if you ask me to put the rankings down, I'm still going to say, hey, some, you know, it's close enough. It's it's close enough. You still got to knock. You got to knock the guy. You know, you got to knock the king of the hill off the hill before you can before you can take his spot. And and so I've got Ohio State one. But yeah, that the the Florida depth and the the depth at the bottom of that lineup. Like we you know we we talked about the Wake match and how Wake was okay. Sure, there was there's no Goyo at the top of the lineup, but and and that push you know that could have pushed everybody down a, a spot. But it it wasn't like any of those matches were close. I mean, nobody got more than three games in a set from three down for Wake. I mean, they lose three and one, two and two, three and two, three and one. I mean, it was. I mean, they got destroyed down there. And do you really think that pushing them all one spot down, all of a sudden everything's competitive? Oh man, I don't know. Yeah, yes, three gets more competitive. I mean, two. You know they already won it too, so that that going down to three gets more competitive. But but everybody else, uh, I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough ask. It, it's one I'd like to see, but I th- I do think what Wake has going for him. Yeah, like you said, they won doubles. Florida and that is Florida has not been great at, at doubles, so they're they're susceptible there. And if you can get doubles and only have to find three singles matches now, when you've got Goyo and Risokos in there, sure, that's two. Uh, you know, or you like to think that you can get to for sure a uh, good chance and then you just got to find one more but but yeah florida riffis has been unbelievable he's now back he's back up to number two in the lineup andrade's back down to three um and like you said Engleton at four i think greif has pretty much been he's he's pretty much locked in uh, at five at this point and now it's just a you know it's a week by week match by match uh, decision for them do we want to play volley at six who it who's been the choice recently for the last uh several matches um we'll see you know that w- they need a good test they've had a couple couple easier ones here recently they've got a and m coming in this weekend so we'll see a who they play there and b how they do um but i mean if we have to start picking on thinking that our weak spot's going to be the fact that we're trying to decide between volley and Kessler and Alfredo Perez at six. I mean, come on. Hmm. Well, here's the thing. It's a two-sided point. You look at their scores. 5-2 against Mississippi State. 5-2 against Wake Forest. 5-2 against Tennessee. They lose the doubles point in all three of those matches for Florida. And that they won by 5-2 is a testament to the depth of their singles. And we talked about that enough. But you're right. They, you know, Vale and Kessler at one doubles, it's fascinating. I know they're ranked high, but... Inglitson Perez, so good before. I know Perez is still fighting back, but Crawford, Andrade, Crawford, Riffis, Crawford, who knows? There's just, they're still trying to figure things out. And 
again, and maybe that speaks to the hidden upside of this Florida team, but given that there's lesser and you know few or sorry fewer and fewer matches left in the season, uh, that's why I have Ohio State number one. I know what I'm getting out of them when JJ and McNally are in. I know how tough that lineup is to beat, and so they they get that edge just because the path for them is clearest. You know, you get doubles, you get Wolf, you get. Uh, you get Joyce, you get McNally, and and Selig, and it's just you have multiple options. Cobalt when he's hot, and yada yada yada. Yeah, you know the the interesting thing there, and and not that it really has any bearing whatsoever on who they would you know who they would play, but if you're thinking they that they might uh, think about changing some of their doubles up, and I don't know if they're they're still in there. I think they've you know they played enough different doubles teams at the beginning of the year that uh, they had. Uh, like I want to say, yeah, like Ingoldson and Berdusco are stop, are top twenty right now. <laughs> they haven't played. They have not played the entire dual match season. I don't believe. Yeah, no, they have not together. They only played in the fall, but they're top twenty based on what they did. Berdusco hasn't seen the court in doubles uh, in the dual match season. I don't think uh, Andrade and Crawford are. Uh, uh, are there you've also got a you've got i think uh, andrade and riffis are ranked uh, as well so they've got all kinds of doubles combinations they could go to and maybe we'll actually you know we might see them try uh mixing it up a little because uh, you know i surely they'll go and they know what they've got in singles and they just need to they need to feel better about ha- being able to take the doubles point against the good teams completely agree with you well then i've made my top five pretty clear baylor texas wake forest uh sorry baylor five texas four wake forest three florida two ohio state one how does that look compared to yours i think the you know for me there were the the top four were a lock i mean tech texas four wake three florida two ohio state one the question is who do you who do you put in the five spot and as much as it pains me to say it Right now, I'll put Virginia there. Oh, um, I mean, I, I, I had North Carolina there, but I mean, they've just, you know, yeah, I'll let West off do editing on my half. They sh- the bed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, they that Georgia Tech loss was awful, right? So, um, you know, and then I, and then they just can't beat can't beat Wake. So, so they're they've got to move down. I don't I don't know who really. I think that five spot in my mind is there for the taking and it's, it's, it's there for teams like Virginia, like TCU, like like Southern Cal, USC, like Baylor, like Mississippi state or Texas A&M, you know, somebody to make a run and say, yep, we're, we're going to be there, but I don't know, you know, right now, I think the, the, the top four are clearly standing out as the top four. Yeah. I agree with you. Well, then we can end that wrap up there in terms of the D1 stuff. I do want to give a shout out to the Georgia Gwinnett uh, team who won their 100th straight match. I mean, to do that, you know, they're an NAIA team. They won the national championship on the men's side, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, five in a row on the women's, 14, 16, 17, 18. So for just this accomplishment, so impressive. I, it's cool to see. I mean, they could compete with a lot of D one teams. Yeah, the 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 cool thing is, so I used to get to see, I got to see them every year. I went to the, the in the fall at the um, I don't know which intercollegiates it's considered, but it was always at Georgia, right? So I'd go down to Georgia, and some of our guys would would play 
Uh, and it was not just the D1 schools. Georgia Gwinnett uh, was there, and you had some of the others like Armstrong State, maybe Barry, or, or you know some of the other some D2 D2 NAIA schools, whatnot, that were there. And and those Georgia Gwinnett kids, like I'm, I can think of particular Kevin Confederac was was in there. They would you know they'd make good main draw at the, in the top flight runs. Uh, and you know with with NAIA and not quite having the same. Uh, necessarily the same you know the same levels of what i don't know what you want to call it isn't a scrutiny is not probably a good word but i guess the the requirements for getting in or what i don't know i think that may have changed at this point but they would have you know they had the ability to get some some guys that had maybe not you know not jumped straight from high school in that went out and tried to play uh, uh play some pro for you know a couple years and then go now nah, i want to go back and go to school and they could go to an and they had a you know they would bring bring those kinds of guys in and they're they they're phenomenal when you watch them you look at it and the first time you see them you're like who's that team with the big g on the chest i don't even know who that is but those guys look great <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's so fun to watch and um i just it's such an impressive streak i i really don't know when you get to 100 wins i mean not to compare but my senior high school team went you know i think it was we won our first 98 individual like matches because we played eight matches per dual match and we won 8-0 for our first what was it 98 it was yeah our ten, first 10 matches our first 11 matches i guess and we lost or in the 11th match we lost our first one and that was sweet i we also have a friend of the podcast daniel belcito uh who, go, who plays at wingate who was giving shout out to them was saying that was you know it's so sick to see someone not in the d1 get props the way we saw chris eubanks manny diaz send out videos it's so cool to see that sort of response so just cool things happening in college tennis uh anything else you want to add before we wrap up no, I mean, I'm, I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to finally seeing the start of that the Big Twelve season here this weekend. Uh, I mean that that's going to be that's going to be big. I uh, and beyond that, I think uh, you know get a good 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 last push for the last month here and uh, get start to gear up for uh, for NCAA's. Yeah completely agree with you well then we can wrap things up there a huge shout out to our super producers max fligner and daniel westoff who have a of an editing job to do as always uh chris thank you for taking the time you know how fun it is for me to get to do these chats with you and i know i sometimes run late but you know we kept it under an hour yeah i mean hey we're you know we're, we're getting along in the season it's getting it's getting a little easier we we, we kind of know what we're talking about these teams at this point it's, <laughs> it's getting juicy and i'll recap one last time tier the lowest tier for me georgia notre dame illinois columbia second to highest tier unc stanford ucla texas a&m mississippi state virginia tcu tier one usc baylor texas wake forest florida and ohio state but with that being said uh a huge again thank you to my wonderful co-host and college tennis ranks you can find him at college tennis ranks chris Hallios. but for him for our super producers max linger and daniel westoff and for our entire team at correct rackets i'm your host alex gruskin stumbling through this exit chris what do we tell our fans hey great shot it's better and better every time and i'll talk to you soon chris all right 